Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis. This is the Catholic podcast where you will discover spunk and motivation to live a vibrant and transformational life as a child of God. I'm Rochelle Lucero, and I invite you to walk with me as we dive into all the things that Jesus gave us to do just that. I'm talking about the Bible, Catholic tradition, church documents, the catechism, the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church, you name it, and I'll draw from it. You and I together, we are going to transform the world by letting Christ transform us. Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Clumsy Theosis Podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and today is the first day of the Lenten season or the season of the Great Fast for Eastern Catholics. It's actually going to be released on Clean Monday or Pure Monday. This is the day that starts the Great Fast for us instead of Ash Wednesday. We don't actually celebrate Ash Wednesday. But that's not the topic of today's show. I just want to wish you a happy clean Monday and Ash Wednesday when that comes in a couple of days. But since we are starting the beginning of Lent, I want to ask you a question. If you had to summarize Lent with one devotion or prayer, what would it be? I asked this question on Twitter and Instagram yesterday, and I got back a handful of very interesting answers. Good answers. I got two people telling me that It would be Stations of the Cross. Someone said confession, and I was like, yes, I didn't even think about that one. Uh, Two people said the prayer of St. Ephraim. Someone came back with the Matra de la Rosa rosary, which is a rosary focusing on the seven sorrows of Mary. And then someone gave me an answer of, it's like a mantra that they got from scripture. All of these are good. And we'll come back to my answer to this question in a second. But before I answer the question, I want to direct our focus to Lent, to its purpose, right? The point of all of the disciplines that we do during Lent is so that we can become new men and new women, renewed in Christ come Easter Sunday. Everything that we're doing during Lent is all supposed to lead us to Easter Sunday, to resurrection, right? We're preparing ourselves to experience our own mini resurrections. And resurrection is dying and being born again, being born anew. It's a renewal. I've even actually heard this season in our liturgical year called the springtime of our spiritual life. Now, I find that a little bit ironic because many times during this season, I feel like I am in a desert. I'm just saying. But really, Lent all comes down to renewal. And because of that, if I had to summarize Lent with one devotion or prayer, what would it be? These days, my answer would be the prayer of St. Ephraim. I think it is the perfect prayer for this season because it teaches us what things we need to leave behind, what things we need to strive for, how to approach God, and how not to be irritated by the shortcomings of others. I know that that is probably of interest to many of you. The prayer of St. Ephraim, in my opinion, is a prayer geared towards renewal. And I didn't mention the best part. This prayer does all of these things that I just mentioned in only four simple lines of prayer. And from my personal experience, I can say that when I have prayed this prayer every day during the 40 days of Lent, I have found myself to be renewed. And I think you will be too come Easter Sunday. So what I want to do in this episode is I want to look at those four lines in this prayer, and I want to highlight some of the ways that I think that The prayer of St. Ephraim offers us the best devotion of this season. 
So are you intrigued? Shall I continue? All right, I do want to say first, though, that I'm going to include this prayer on the website so you don't need to write it down, okay? I'm going to go through the prayer line by line. So the first line of this prayer, we pray, O Lord and Master of my life, spare me from the spirit of sloth, faint-heartedness, lust for power, and vain talking. All right, right away, I have to say this is a strong opening. O Lord and master of my life. Okay, that is strong. It's also a great declaration. Speak this truth over yourself, and the more you say it, the more it's going to become your lived reality. It's also a great place to start any prayer, just by praising God in this way, and also doing that little self-reflection. Has God really been the master of my life today? You know, and it helps keep you on track, keep you accountable. The rest of the line continues, spare me from the spirit of sloth, faint-heartedness, lust for power, and vain talking, right? These are the things that we want to leave behind. So I want to look at these individually. Sloth, laziness, right? We all know that laziness doesn't get us anywhere. Like literally, it doesn't get us anywhere. It's funny, right? Anyways, but on a serious note, Sloth is actually a very powerful and great tool used by the devil because he's able to keep us preoccupied with nothing. And he does this because he knows that everything worth doing takes effort, especially the Christian life, right? Let's look at St. Paul. How many times does he use some athletic metaphor when he's talking about the Christian life? Okay, he's doing this because he's explaining and he's capturing The fact that, yeah, to live a Christian life takes a lot of discipline, effort, activity, right? You can't be lazy to be a good Christian, to be a saint, all right? We need to run this race with perseverance, and Jesus will give us the grace that we need in order to stay productive in this life of theosis. The second thing we want to leave behind is faint-heartedness. Now, every version of this prayer that you find, I bet you are going to find a different synonym for this one. But I prefer saint-heartedness. Saint-heartedness? Well, yeah, I want to be saint-hearted. No, I prefer faint-heartedness because the opposite of being faint-hearted, in my world anyways, is being lion-hearted. To be faint-hearted is to lose hope, courage, or to lose heart because we know that the road to sainthood is a long road. It's a hard road. We know that the devil is a jerk and um, yeah, that temptation is the thorn in my side anyways. That makes me want to cry out to the Lord frequently and say, why, God, did you give me free will? Why couldn't you just make me always choose your will? Wouldn't it be so much easier that way? But the truth is that God wins and we have the Lion of Judah and we have his heart to strengthen us. And as I say, you know, the Lion of Judah, it makes me remember this song. I was actually talking to some friends about it last night. It's a song called Gratitude by Brandon Lake. It starts off a little mellow, but it really builds. And there's a bridge in this song where he says, Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. This is a great anthem if you're feeling faint-hearted, or even if you're not and you want to like keep that memento going. Momentum going. I'll link this song down in the show notes for you. The next thing that we ask to be rid of is the lust for power. And this one can be tricky. I think a lot of us are like, I don't want to be a world dictator. So I'm not going to struggle with this, right? Lord, like this doesn't include me. I am so sorry to tell you this, but that is the wrong answer. 
thanks to the fall, we all suffer from threefold concupiscence, one of which is lust for power. And the best way that I've ever heard this explained is us wanting to be the center of the universe. Now, that does not necessarily mean you want to be center stage with the spotlight on you, okay? That's not what it means. But it means that you want everything to revolve around you. And I do not think that you can honestly tell me that there have not been times when you want people to do what you want on your timetable and the way you want it done. And sometimes it might have happened where you have tried to help your agenda along, you know, by getting people and situations, maybe even creation, you know, to do your bidding, to do things your way, you know, a little bit of manipulation here and there. And I'm only calling you out on this because I care and because I am right there with you. But just as Jesus healed our original sin, he can heal our personal sins when we repent. And by praying against lust for power, it helps our repentance. Vain talking. Okay, on the surface, this applies to gossip and slander, hearsay, conjecture, all of that. Everything that you would lump together with that which we know is wrong, but we do sometimes forget that the power of life and death rests in the tongue. If you need a refresher on what impact or what power your words have over the earthly realm and the heavenly realm, and this is for good or for bad, listen to my episode, Your Words Have Power. Please listen to that episode because the things that we say come into existence, right? Because we have the power of God and the authority to wield his power Our words are so much more powerful than we realize they are. Again, there's a link to this episode on the website. Also, if we want to go a little bit deeper when it comes to vain talking, we could include vain listening because what you listen to matters. Noise pollution, I can tell you, is a killer to the spiritual life. I did my own experiment during the last great fast and I really cut down on my streaming of all the things that bring noise. And when I did that, it made a very big positive impact to my relationship with the Lord. All right, so once we ask the Lord to rid rid us of these vices, we get to line two, and this is where we ask for the goodies. We ask for the graces that we want God to give us. And we pray, instead, grant me your servant, the spirit of chastity, humility, patience, and love. A couple things here. First, this begins with a great posture of the heart. We say, grant me your servant, right? So we're posturing ourselves into an attitude of service, meaning that these gifts that we're about to ask for are for the purpose of service, for serving God, serving the kingdom, serving the body of Christ. And secondly, this season is not only about penance. Do not forget about renewal. Sometimes I think it happens when we're focusing on the passion, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. During this season, we could fall into that trap of dwelling on our sinfulness, and we don't turn that corner from repentance to growth, you know, from metanoia to theosis, or from penance to renewal. Now, don't get me wrong, of course, focusing on the passion, especially during this season, is very good. It's fruitful. Repentance always good and fruitful. Okay. And all of this comes from a very honorable place, but we have to remember to move from penance to renewal. We have to turn that corner. And the prayer of St. Ephraim, I think champions this. And we see this in the second line, right? We're not just focusing on the negative. Now we want to grow in the positive. 
When it comes to chastity, chastity is the counter virtue to lust. But as we just saw with the lust for power, lust doesn't only mean something sexual. Neither does chastity. Chastity in a broad, all-accompanying sense means like personal integrity or a purity of heart. And we see the early church use it this way. St. Cyprian said, For what is chastity but a virtuous mind added to watchfulness over the body? And then St. John the Ascetic refers to chastity as purity of heart when he says, Everything we do, our every objective must be undertaken for the sake of purity of heart. And then he gives us a little bit of advice on how we're to live this way. He says, We must practice the reading of scripture together with all the other virtuous activities to hold our heart free of the harm of every dangerous passion and in order to rise step by step to the high point of love. All right, then we move on to humility. Humility is a virtue that I think I tend to work on mostly during this season and I probably should work on it more throughout the year. Um, yes, this is a mental note. And now that I'm telling you, you know, help keep me accountable for this work on humility, not only during Lent. Um, I have a couple of episodes on the virtue of humility. If you want more of a study on it, I'll link those on the website. But recently I read somewhere that humility is freedom from illusion. And I really liked that because think about it. A person with humility has the proper perspective of themselves and of God, and of the people around them, and they also have the right perspective of their relation to God and to his plan for salvation and the body of Christ. And do I really need to say anything about patience? Uh, You might recall that this is a struggle for me. Patience is so hard. It is an essential virtue, though, and sometimes I wish that there was like a vitamin for spiritual supplements. Like if we were lacking in any of like the virtues, we would just pop one of those spiritual supplements and then we'd be good to go. Because I'm telling you, if that existed, I would be stocked up on supplements for the virtue of patience as if I was doomsday prepping. No lie. But let's be serious. St. Ephraim saves the best for last. Love is the highest of all the virtues. Love is actually God himself. We know that God is eager to give himself to us, to be that much closer to us so that we could have full union with him. And sometimes I think about that and I wonder, okay, how can I get from here where I am today to that? And the answer always comes back around to stay close to Jesus. In the Eucharist, in the scriptures, in prayer, stay close to Jesus and you will become like the company that you keep. You will become full of the virtue of love. Now for the third line of this prayer, and this is the line that will help keep you from not being irritated by the shortcomings of others. And I know this is a big promise, but I'm telling you, it really does work. The third line of this prayer is, O Lord and King, grant that I may see my own transgressions and not judge my brother, for you are blessed. Amen. So for as many shortcomings as your neighbor might have, we can never forget that we have our own mess to work out. When we're thinking about what we need to work on in our own lives, we are going to be too busy to think about the things that our neighbors need to fix or the things that we think that they should fix. 
You know, this reminds me, uh, there's a quote, you might have seen it floating around the internet. Don't judge someone for sinning differently than you do. And this reminds me, every time I see it, it reminds me of the woman who's caught in adultery. And Jesus says, let him who was without sin cast the first stone. Instead of condemning her to death, kind of like the way we do when we're judging our neighbors, instead of condemning her to death, she was brought into relationship with God incarnate. And so one lesson here is to bring the people who get on your nerves Bring those people to Jesus in prayer in that moment, later on in the day, anytime you think about them, bring them to prayer. Now we get to the fourth line of this prayer, which is actually repeated 12 times, but don't freak out. It is a very short line. We pray, oh God, cleanse me a sinner. And we pray this 12 times. And this isn't an instance of vain repetition or mumbling, you know, like is warned against in scripture, but this is actually a means of meditation, especially if we take it slow. Actually, the whole prayer of St. Ephraim is a means of meditation. Give yourself 10 to 15 minutes at least to pray this prayer. And I bet you by the time you get to the end of Lent, you're going to be wanting to spend more time with it if you are not already, you know, progressing the amount of time in which you spend praying this prayer because you'll start mulling over the words with Jesus. He will activate your mind and he'll help you to connect your heart to the words that you're praying. I'm telling you, there is a reason the Eastern Catholic churches and Eastern Christian, Eastern Christian churches have made this prayer a staple during the great fast since forever, right? It really will transform you. Let's pray this prayer together in lieu of declarations. All right. So the way I'm thinking we'll do this is I will just say the prayer slowly and um, hopefully the calming tones of my voice will help you to really get into it. All right. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, O Lord and Master of my life, give me not the spirit of sloth, faint-heartedness, lust for power, and vainglory. Make the sign of the cross. Instead, grant to me, your servant, the spirit of chastity, humility, patience, and love. Make the sign of the cross. O Lord and King, grant that I may see my own transgressions, and not judge my brother, for you are blessed. Amen. Make the sign of the cross. O God, cleanse me a sinner. 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 Make the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, that concludes our episode on the prayer of St. Ephraim. I really, really do hope that you make this part of your Lenten practice. Yeah, if you do, let me know by the end of the season what fruit you got from it because I know, I am 100% sure that there will be fruit. So let me know. Until our next episode, remember to buy yourself some Clumsy Theosis gear at our shop, clumsytheosis.net. 
click the word shop in the menu, or you could also click the word donate in the menu, which is right next to the word shop. Just saying. Uh, I have to thank our special patrons. They make this show possible because we survive on the donations from listeners like you, and especially listeners like Sherry, Vincent, T-Rex, Gina, Gary, Jason, and Lewis. Until the next episode, my friend, peace out. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Since you made it this far, you know what that means, right? We're like totally best friends now. (laughs) But for real though, thanks so much for spending time with me and growing in your faith knowledge and letting Christ transform you. Since you stayed this long, I'm thinking that you liked the episode. So will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or all of your friends on social media? While you're online, I invite you to check out my website, clumsytheosis.net. There you're going to find all of the things that you need, such as how to get in touch with me, how to book me as a speaker, how to find my social channels, how to sign up for our weekly email, and very importantly, this is very important, how to donate if you'd like to support the show. This show is listened to in approximately 90 countries across the globe. So if you find value in this show, please consider donating at clumsytheosis.net. Anything that you give is very much appreciated and it is super helpful. All right, thanks again for walking with me today. Remember that we can transform the world by letting Christ transform us.